All right, we are in our series, as I was thinking of the series coming out of discipleship, and you know, the thing that put this series on my heart is that this, it's just been a crazy year and a half. <laughs> We're going on into two years, and it doesn't seem to be lessening crazy. And there's suffering, there's um, loneliness, the, I mean, mental illness, the, the pol- politics and the division within that. I mean, the list is long. Right? The list is long. And so sometimes I know uh, when the world doesn't make sense and the world seems too lost, too far gone, or we find ourselves in a situation uh, that we ask, where is God in all of this? And so this is our series. And today we're going to uh, look at Samuel and we're going to ask, where is God in the midst of rejection, in the midst of rejection. Rejection is a part of life. Anybody here ever been rejected? Well, I'm jealous of some of you. <laughs> um, I mean, it, it, it's all, in all areas of life, we're going to uh, experience rejection. Romance, anybody been rejected? I, sixth grade, tra- <laughs> Teresa Dillard, oh, my first crush. Oh, she, I'm, I'm, I think I'm over it. <laughs> so romance, we can be rejected. In, our, in romance, we can be rejected. Anybody get a job they didn't, uh, or they didn't get a job that they wanted? Yeah. So in, in the areas of uh, unemployment, we can be rejected in business, in social circles. Anybody been rejected in social circles? Yeah, just keep your hand up, right? Just, I think all of us could. And I remember, you know, when I, I shared with several of you my testimony, and when I was a young man, and, and I found myself out of college, I found myself just kind of one year going into two and struggling with a bunch of things and remembering my grandma's prayers and started to pray. And God sent me a very specific answer to general prayer and my wife, Desiree. Um, but something weird happened because I started going to church, kind of keeping it on the down low because that wasn't something my group did. It's that was definitely something I didn't do. Uh, but long story short is as I got married and began to kind of change my life, my fr- a lot of friends weren't as interested in that gym, right? And I kind of had to make a choice, right? And so I just made that choice. But, I mean, it was hard. That was, that was my friends. And I thought we were friends throughout everything. So rejection can be difficult. But even in all of our rejections, like in all of our life, God is working in the midst of our rejection in all, in in many different ways. So God is comforting us when we find rejection in this world, uh, whatever area it might be, because we are comforted knowing that our relationship with God and if he is the foundation of our lives, then nothing can shake it. When we put too much value in a person, too much value in in a job, too much value in things of this world, then we can get knocked off kilter. 
But when God is our foundation, even in the midst of rejection and hard times, we can remember that I am loved and that God is with me. And I'll get through this too. So in the midst of rejection, God is comforting us, but God is also revealing to us. And God does this in many different ways. We're we're talking specifically about rejection, but God reveals to us. Because if we're honest, we can look back at times uh, we've been rejected, maybe in a relationship, maybe at a, a place of employment, or we didn't get this job. Maybe there's something we need to learn about ourselves. Maybe, you know, when, when they say, oh, it's not you, it's me. Maybe it is me. Right? Because none of us are perfect. We like to think we're the victim and I should have gotten this job or you shouldn't have left me or something. But maybe we have some personality issues or some attitudes or some behaviors that not, might need some correction. And we're unable to do that. So, so many times, if we don't look at ourselves with humility, then we just go through our lives with these same issues, with these same attitudes, with this uh, same arrogance, or whatever it is. If we're not humbly looking at ourselves, every time I go through something, whether I caused it or it was happened to me, I say, God, what do I need to learn from this about me? Where did I contribute? Show, reveal to me about me first. And so in the midst of rejection, maybe God's trying to reveal something to us that we need to pay attention to. Also in the midst of rejection, maybe it has nothing to do with us. God is teaching us, not just revealing, he is teaching us about life that Life is hard. Life is not fair. Sometimes things happen that I had no control over. Maybe I should have gotten that job, but there was some nepotism or something of that nature. And that's just the way it goes sometimes. Life is not fair. And you have to learn how to deal with that. This, This world is not heaven right? This world is not heaven. And so sometimes, and we all have pretty good lives, so we go through our lives and we're shocked sometimes when something unfair happens to us. Like, well, that's not supposed to, that happened, you ever hear the phrase, that happens to other people. This world is not heaven. And sometimes bad stuff happens. And so we are reminded of that. But then that shoots us right back up to God comforts us. Because we no longer are of this world. We are in this world. And our peace and our contentment and our fulfillment no longer depends on the world, but it comes from within. And as we strengthen that, there's nothing and no rejection that can shake us. In fact, we can turn rejection into something positive that moves us forward. Now, there's one area of rejection that we have not talked about, and that is that uh, the area of rejection when it comes to our faith. 
Now, most of us have not, have probably not had to deal with too much rejection because of our Christian faith. But a lot of people throughout the world today, and especially throughout history, have experienced rejection and persecution because of their faith. And don't think that it can't happen here. In fact, there's some places in this country that you go, and if you tell them you're a Texan, Texas Christian, that's not going to be real popular. And so don't think that it can't happen to us. And the Bible says it is going to happen to us. And so we have to realize, what are we going to do when we find ourselves in that situation when we either face rejection if we don't choose the ways of the world? And we, we, we experience pressure to fold in, to capitulate into the pressure of the world. What would we do? You know, the Scripture's full of stories. Daniel, right, talking about praying, and you you can't pray to your God, and he said, I can't help you. This is what I do. Just because the world has changed around me doesn't mean that God has changed or my relationship with God has changed, and my faith is in God, not the world. And how'd that story work out? He chose wisely. All right? Indiana Jones reference. Anybody get that? Okay. He chose wisely. Peter, when he's, he, after he has experienced the risen Lord, he has been reinstated. He has the power of the Holy Spirit. He's preaching to the Sanhedrin. And they're saying, you can't preach that. He says, I'm sorry, all I can do is what I know. No matter what you do to me, this is the truth, and this is what I'm called to proclaim, so I I just got to preach the truth. So we see examples throughout where people are facing rejection from the world because of the choices they're making to follow their God. And we see choices over and over through the people of Israel. We see them in our lives. We see them uh, throughout history where humanity chooses to give in to the world rather than be rejected by it. And so we need to decide where is our faith. You know, it's, it's not as popular in the 50s, 60s, 70s maybe even 80s, you know, it was a thing to be, there was social pressure to be part of a church, either for business, for good standing, for whatever reason. We don't have social pressure to be in church now. You got to believe this stuff. That's what I tell people um, jokingly, maybe not so much jokingly. Jim, you understand this? said, I'm one of these pastors that believes this stuff. Well, and I don't change because the world changes. So we need to look at 
When we look at rejection, so let's get to the question um, about rejection. When we get rejected for our faith, who are they rejecting? Me? Let's look at Samuel out of uh, 1 Samuel chapter 8. When Samuel grew old, he, appoint, he appointed his sons uh, as Israel's leader. The name of his firstborn was Joel. The name of his second was Abat. Uh, oh, thank you. Abadjai. Um, and they served at Bathsheba. But his sons did not follow his ways. They turned aside after, uh, after dishonest gain and accepting bribes and perverted justice. So all the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel at Ramah. And they said to him, are, you are old and your sons do not follow your ways. Now appoint a king to lead us such as all the other nations have. But when they said this, give us a king to lead us, this displeased Samuel. So he prayed to the Lord and the Lord told him, listen to all that the people are saying to you. It is not you that they have rejected, but they have rejected me as their king. As they have done from a day I brought the, as they have done, from the day I brought them out of Egypt until this day, forsaking me and serving other gods, so they are doing to you. Now listen to them, but warn them solemnly that to, and let them know what the king will reign over them will claim as his rights. This is the word of God for the people of God. So he says, they're not rejecting you, they have rejected me. Now understand, that's not, this rejection is not the main point of this text. This is a transition where they're going to kings, but it is a, a kind of a side sermon from this. I always want to point out and stay true to the gospel text. And the true nature of this is that they, they were choosing a king over God. But we see in here that they were rejecting. And God says, they're not rejecting you. They are rejecting me. And which, by the way, they've been doing from the beginning. So when we ask the question, where is God in the midst of rejection when it comes to our faith? God goes before us. Nobody knows more about rejection than God. From the day in the garden, just here is the perfect creation, the perfect life. Do all that you want. Just don't do that. That's my command. That's my will. That's what's best for you. And what do they do? We reject that. That fruit looks good. So from the garden on, humanity has been rejecting God. Nobody's more familiar with rejection than God. And so... When we feel rejected, God knows what that feels like. Throughout history, humanity's been rejecting God. We reject God on a daily basis, if we think about it. We, we make little and big choices every day where most often we choose the world. So nobody knows more about rejection than God, so he knows our pain. He knows what it feels like. He goes before us. And then when it gets personal, God comes to, to us as a person. Jesus knows rejection firsthand, doesn't he? 
right? He was the, he was the rock star up-and-coming rabbi, popular. He tried to dismiss it. And then he went, and, and over time, the Pharisees and the religious leaders, he, they, he was stepping on all this stuff they created for themselves. So they definitely were rejecting him from the beginning. Over time, the, the, the people, you know, have, talk about rejection when we go fast forward to Easter and Passover, and one day they're cheering him, the Messiah, the king, and then they realize, he corrects them, says, I'm not that kind of king. And they go, never mind, crucify him. Crucify him. No, 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 no don't release him. Release the, the, the thief, Barabbas. Talk about rejection. Jesus knows rejection better than anyone. And even his disciples at the end scattered and left him by himself on the cross. God knows rejection. Jesus knows rejection. So when we ask, where is God in our rejection? He's right there in the midst of it. He's gone before it. But we remember in all the rejection that Jesus has experienced in his life and in his death, that rejection was turned into resurrection. That rejection was turned into new life. That rejection was turned into salvation for us. That's what God does. He takes the negative and turns it into the positive. He takes hate and turns it into love. He takes death and turns it into resurrection. He takes rejection and turns it into reconciliation. So, in the midst of our rejection, just so understand... That God knows rejection. Jesus knows, was rejected. But God did not reject us. God didn't deserve to be rejected. Jesus didn't deserve to be rejected. Boy, I sure deserve to be rejected by God. But God hasn't rejected me. And the good news for you, if he hadn't rejected me, you're probably pretty good. So God, where's God in the midst of our rejection? He's right in the middle of it. He's gone before us. He's experienced more than we could ever know. And he has turned that into our benefit, our new life, our salvation. Let us pray. Dear Lord, as we come to communion, I pray that you would speak to our hearts that Jesus was placed on the cross because we rejected him. His people rejected him. His disciples rejected him. And yet he went willingly, knowing that out of this, out of the rejection he experienced that would lead to his death, crucifixion, that would ultimately lead to resurrection and life for us. So speak to us through this holy, holy sacrament about rejection and resurrection.